You're listening to the AFL Unlimited podcast, where we tackle all the hot topics in the AFL and bring you up to speed with everything you need to know in the football landscape. We'll take a look at this weekend's games and have some mixed discussion about what to expect. Let's head up to the box for the opening bounce. Another tumultuous week in the AFL as all the Victorian clubs evacuate ground zero in order to keep the season alive. Melbourne's fallen back into a heap and have some premiership contenders awakened from their slumber. We'll discuss all the big news. Let's get stuck into it, boys. How are we going? Yeah, not too bad. Good, mate. How are you? Wonderful. Very well. Very good. Big week. Yeah, it's been pretty interesting. One thing that we noted last week, we talked about Clarko and in the media was saying holding the ball and all this. They've done it. The umpires were locking down on it. There was a few weird calls. What do we actually think of how they went with trying to put more effort and more emphasis on holding the ball? They were a bit trigger-happy in some instances. (laughs) I felt they at least put on the map a little bit more. They say there's no rule of the week. I don't know if that's really a thing, but um, that would suggest that there is a rule of the week, even though they say there isn't. It's interpretation so, of the week. That's <laughs> yeah. the one. That's the one, Lanks. You're all over it. So, um, yeah, look, they they were they put it on the agenda a bit more. Sometimes they yeah, they went a bit too harsh on players, so they've just got to get that balance right with um, yeah what it looks like for, I suppose, getting it consistently right. It was definitely up. I think it was 63 to 91. Um, holding the ball decisions compared to the other week. So wow. it's a big increase there. I mean, I don't know. I There were some, like you said, Tice, that you sort of go, gee, they're clearly looking for that option. Like maybe in the past they haven't. But sort of with Clarko and how he felt it would be a good opportunity to open the game, <laughs> I don't think it made any difference. And I don't think that rule is going to make much of a difference anyway. I mean, we've had it for years and years. It might slightly change at times. Um, to help congestion, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't think that's the be-all and end-all in terms of the answer to the game. They were certainly hot on the hammer of some calls, mm. and the Christian Petrarca tackle against Richmond is the one that's really been highlighted. He sharked the ruck tap, immediately got tackled by Toby Nankervis, as they yeah. like to call him. Yeah. <laughs> Toby Nankervis, Nank- and um, was, yeah. was paid. The umpire said, you didn't have prior but I didn't feel like you were making a genuine attempt. And he was genuinely wrapped up. He only had one hand free. That's the one that people are going to struggle yeah, with. That's a joke. The yeah. umpire that just said, you don't have prior. Okay, so it's holding the... It's, it's ball up. Sorry, it's not holding the ball. So there, there was another one, Will Haywood against uh, West Coast. He got immediately oh, that tackled. That was so tough. He had... Yeah. He was, there was a player on his back anyway, so... And he was flopping around like a fish. <laughs> he, could, he couldn't do anything, and they paid holding the ball. So... I think it's been a massive overreaction this week. I hate when this stuff happens. We, we were talking about rules last week that slow the game down and make it really hard to watch. And, and this is one of those things. I think next week will be better. They'll find a middle ground. Um, but yeah, like you said, Daniel, I don't think it had a real effect on how good the game's going to look because it, there was still heaps of congestion anyway. I, I was really frustrated with... like They were so focused on making sure no one was holding the ball in when they got tackled that they were just letting it fly whenever yep. someone decided to just chuck the ball out or roll it mm. along the ground. Like, I saw that several times. I think it was the Richmond game. I saw a couple of times where a couple yeah, of the Richmond guys... Yeah, on the Richmond. He, I was a bit <laughs> focused. It was one of the games I had an eye on. When yeah. he got tackled, and literally he just let it roll. I think it happened to Dusty. Dusty mm. did it pretty much. Someone grabbed him, put him to the ground, and he just let it roll out to someone else, and they didn't pay ball. It's like, whereas if he'd held on to it, they probably would have gone, oh, holding the ball. It's like, he he, he dropped it. And Tyson and I and both and saw a very similar one with Jack Crisp as well. We both Friday mes- messaged the group oh, immediately. Boy. We were like, what the, what the hell, Crisp? <laughs> we hate the one where players get tackled 
and the ball just spills out in the tackle and they just call play on. In this instance, mm. Chris pretty much just gets tackled, throws his arms up, and the players tackle him. The ball just falls out. Both of us yeah. messaging the group at the yeah, exact yeah, same yeah. time. But I think you're right, Chip. They were sort of just like, oh, you know, he's made an attempt or movement just to get the ball going. So whatever, it's just play on, play yeah. on, play on. But I think it, holding the ball. what annoys people is that one where incorrect disposal just doesn't seem to be much of a thing anymore. No. I think yeah. that rattles people more rather than the prior and stuff like yep. that. It's when you see a tackle laid and they adjudicate that there's no prior, but so let's just, if it falls out in the tackle, all well and good. Yeah. I think that annoys people because... It just doesn't equate. It's like so he didn't have prior, but he just fell out. Like he didn't, he didn't kick it, he didn't handle it. Like how can it wasn't right? so slapped out of his hands. He just yeah. let it go. But it's people. A couple love of uh, it, love talking about it, don't they? A couple of weird decisions for sure. It's, it's not that difficult, really. Like that difficult. But Tyson I, I tell you what, there, there are times also when players hold in, don't make an attempt, and then it's. Ball up. Ball Other up. times yeah. they they don't make an attempt and it is holding the ball. So it's really where they pick and choose that yeah. as well. Not, mm. not that difficult. Is that, is that razor ray at the door? Is he lined up? He found a way. Getting the line, mate. <laughs> so you could be an umpire. Do you think? Tyler? Absolutely. Yeah, I'll charm all up. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, so they need to yeah pull the finger out on that one. So speaking of kind of awful decisions and a few con- controversial ones, Jordan Dugowie had a score review decision where it literally hit the umpire. And then they deemed it as it was going to hit the post anyway sort of thing. What do we think of that, guys? Well, it... as uh, our good friend Brian Taylor mentioned in the commentary at the <laughs> time, we'll, we'll, we'll never know. We'll never know. It, to me, it looked like it was going to hit the post. They, I feel like they half the time in the uh, in the arc, they show seven angles, and then the other half of the time, they show one angle. Yeah. It's yeah. like, give, give us some variance. There should be a camera on top of the uh, goalpost looking straight down to give you an exact look on that line, but... Yeah, oh, cool. I nice. think there was a rule that was brought in a couple of years ago. I think Eddie Betts kicked a goal and it hit the goal umpire square in the chest yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the middle of the goal and it didn't go through and they changed it after that. So if it's clearly going through and it hits the umpire, obviously it's a goal. But yeah, this one was a bit um, had a bit of conjecture and I think overall the arc's been pretty good this year. There hasn't been yeah. a lot of um, controversy around it. But yeah, I think um, it got um, balanced out later with that Will Snelling um Dangerous tackle late oh, in the yeah. game, but yeah, the, oh, the goal review. I know Collingwood fans were sort of up in arms about it, but it's it, it was inconclusive. You wouldn't be able to tell clearly that the ball was going through for a goal. And that's the thing. I don't think we can guess too much unless we are sure that the footage can really tell us. Like you say, with the bets one, it's like okay, well we're not gonna ball it up, or he got in the way, and it's like a rebound or something. Like if it's clearly we know the end result, then okay, it hit him. He was out of position but it was going to be a goal but where this one it's it's tough to know isn't it i wasn't watching it live but from the replays i've seen one angle could tell you one thing yep. and you could look at it from another way and maybe talk yourself into that but i heard all sorts of uh explanations on the radio today and ideas of what should have happened some bloke thought it should have just balled it up at the top of the goal square like, wouldn't that been great if we ended up with a one point game or whatever like yeah. that but yeah I, I don't know i think sometimes it's just tough he, the umpire made a mistake in his positioning, is disappointing. The footage couldn't help us out. I don't know what you do. Move on. I don't know what you do. Yeah, you summed it up pretty well. Obviously, the yeah, there was literally one angle that's dead set going to the post. Yeah. But then you look at that other angle, it sort of shows like it. And that kind of kick normally would potentially bounce through, but you yeah. can't go on what yeah. might, might, might be. So mm-hmm. you can only deal in like absolutes there. But um, yeah, umpire, he was in the right right way of looking at it position but he wasn't standing in the right spot he had to yeah. be standing 
Well, you would have done better because I, you're, I you're a potential <laughs> umpire star. Yeah, we, we, I've got goal umpiring experience and he should have been standing <laughs> next to the post. Oh. Looking, looking at the ball. It, oh, yeah. But he was looking at it the right way. Yeah, fair enough, Tiz, fair enough, Tiz. Well, speaking of being in a different location... Or need to be in a different location. <laughs> How about going? all these Victorians now being told they're going to have to pack up and head to the hubs as well? Mm. So well it's a bit of an interesting one there. Firstly, we need to do a supercut at the end of the year of all Chook segways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's just its own the episode. Speaking of this, <laughs> they're getting better. I really like it's them. So good. But yeah, obviously, um, you know, quite a big week. That all the uh, all the clubs have left. They've left town. Yeah, yeah. The dirty the Victorians. Insta- Instagram shots of Seld and Ablett all out on the. Like on the plane in the Virgin Lounge. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um yeah, obviously a big shake up to the season. It's weird that three weeks ago we were talking about, you know, getting crowds back to footy mm. at the G and yeah. next minute the, the rug's been pulled out from under us. Deflating. It's pretty brutal, mate. Um but obviously yeah, the, the main obviously the right decision to keep the you know, the footy world going, keep mm. the comp going and obviously protect the health at large. Obviously Melbourne's um, quite the hotspot at the moment for the, for the current COVID situation. <laughs> I mean, it's really sort of... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, like, I'm wanting to social distance oh my myself from as well. But, but oh. yeah, look, it's going to be a tough time for a lot of clubs and a lot of families. And um, yeah, hopefully they can just all get through it. It's going to be really mm. tough though. So. It, it, sorry, it was interesting to see initially when people were saying, oh, some players won't be going, mm. some players... The, the outrage that some yeah, people seem lot. to present, but these are human beings. They mm. have serious issues going on in their own lives yeah. as well, and some people need to just acknowledge So that. obviously today, Basha Hawley and Shane Edwards aren't have announced officially they aren't going to Richmond's hub. They've obviously just had kids recently, which is completely understandable. Richmond's backed that. The AFL's backed that. I don't think anyone has a problem with that except fans. <laughs> some Richmond fans I've seen, unfortunately, on social media. Oh, you know, give back to the game. The game's given so much to you, and stuff like that. And then obviously, uh, from a Geelong perspective, Gary Ablett announced yesterday that his son's quite sick as well mm. as his, yeah. his partner's mum. Yeah. He's still going to the hub, but gee, gee that, I, would, I don't envy that decision having yeah. to be made, you know, between Tough. essentially work and family. But, you know, f- footy's not just a job. It's it's a career, if that yeah. makes any sense. It's, it's Yeah, it's more than just a job. It's insanely tough, isn't it? Mm. I mean, I can... It's a really interesting one, isn't it, with the two Tigers? Mm. I mean, I have no issue with, with their call, but no. certainly there are some that do. But it's a, it's that age-old debate that if the kid's coming along and you've got a grand final on the weekend, which yeah. you pick, I think it's, <laughs> well, it's way easier it's to take before. time off during the year, and mm. I've got no issue with that. But, you know, when there's finals and grand finals, that's when it becomes really interesting. <laughs> yeah. when you pick it's a big moral your, dilemma. Your kid and maybe winning a flag, but... Yeah, no, it's uh, very sad news. The dad's like running out of the hospital and the mum's like, you fucking better win. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That that could be a good discussion topic in the future, mate. For sure. Yeah, Put you all on the spot. (laughs) That would really tell us who we are as human beings. Absolutely. Yeah, so big week. Yeah, Yeah, pretty interesting one, wasn't it? Um, To be honest, though, there wasn't any major more news going around. Yeah, we had some big stuff. There was some few interesting, mostly it was just the umpires and obviously the big hub news. But um, I think it's... uh the games was the most important thing, eh, Tiz? Oh, it Certainly a... some better quality than last week. Last week threw out some shockers. There were some decent ones this week. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, they responded. The teams responded this week, and obviously we started off our journey on the Thursday night. Our journey. <laughs> Carlton had <laughs> St. <laughs> Carlton had St Kilda at Marvel, and it was a Saints by eighteen points. Yeah, and three words for this one: King and Captain. Whoa. So we had the young, youngest player on the Saints and the oldest player at the Saints. Absolutely, really exciting. Probably some of the most exciting things I'd seen because obviously yeah. Jaron Geary, the captain, started out you know, tagging defensive role on Doherty mm. and managed to get on the end of a few snags himself. Mm. And King just looked dynamite, just like his brother down at the Gold Coast. He's on fire as well. They're going very well, Chuck. The scoreboard flooded the Blues a little bit. They obviously uh, went down by three goals. So, But the Saints, obviously, they had the game in the bag quite early. But credit to the Blues for working their way back into it. As you mentioned, Chuck, um, very good defensive role from Geary on Doherty and kicked a couple of goals, which he would have been stoked with. I think um, Selwood, uh, they go back a fair way as well. He was yeah. pretty happy with his work there too. <laughs> but um, Saints, again, just super in the contest and their ball movement was superb. Playing super exciting footy, that's a common trend when we're talking about the Saints, which um, they're, they're, those fans will be delighted to hear that. Steele, 23, nine tackles, and Marshall's going to be an absolute superstar. Steel just keeps, whenever I'm writing these um, reviews, mate, they uh, they just keep coming up with the goods. He's I, a tackling machine. He's nuts, isn't he? I wouldn't nearly be able to the tentacles. Him. Nearly yeah. the tentacles, yeah. I wouldn't be able to pick him in a crowd, to be honest, but <laughs> you look at his stats over the last couple of years, he's been really good. Mm. And no one really remembers that he was at the Giants either. It's one of those funny was things, he? isn't it? <laughs> I genuinely didn't know that. <laughs> How weird is that? <laughs> Josh Bruce was from the yeah, Giants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's it, been at like eight so clubs, many, but... so many bizarre yeah. moments yeah. you go, well, from there. Yeah, yeah that's nuts. Any thoughts on the game, Shook? Did you get a chance to have a look into it? Oh, just the main bit I just did already. Just I thought um, St Kilda had some um, three really good three victories. So obviously, Steele on Cripps. Cripps only had five touches to half time and had no no effect in the game at all. Um, Geary on Doherty obviously was a, was a very specific manoeuvre. And Geary, as we've mentioned, kicked a couple of goals and held Doherty to no effect pretty mm. much in the first half yeah. as well, which I'm surprised other teams haven't because he's been pretty much the best running defender all year so far. Uh, and Max King on uh, Jacob Wiegering, who's yeah. been All-Australian fullback so far. He's only allowed two goals in the mm. first four rounds and King kicked two and set up another two. So absolutely wiped the floor with him. Any more thoughts there, Chuck? Or... Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, Wienering has been my uh, my top boy yeah, for, like, for the like back Wienering, line, yeah. but he yeah. absolutely got embarrassed, really. Oh, it's, it's, it's hard to see that yeah. King can just chuck his hand. Both the King boys have been very impressive. Week by week, they're growing. They're on the up. Collingwood and Essendon at the MCG. This was a ripping game, and mm. it would uh, be nice if I had the margin up here, but it was the Bombers by 15 points. 15 points, <laughs> yes. Done. I just have to say for that one was one quarter pies. They showed it in an earlier game this year where they came out of firing. We thought they've got this game and then they just... Richmond. Yeah, yep. the Richmond game, obviously. Yep. Yeah. And then they just... They die. They die in the arse and... <laughs> <laughs> and the other... And they just get overrun quite easily. It was it was amazing to see. And also the Saints game, I believe, they didn't kick much after half-time. Maybe two goals. So goal, they seemed to start off well, but they sort of tail off late. But... The Pies kicked the first three, as we were sort of mentioning, off to a really good start, and then the Bombers kicked the next eight. So you, um, you were out the door after the Pies oh, yeah, kicked the first. Yeah, what were your emotions after the first <laughs> quarter? The, the first three goals. The only like, person yeah, game, in Australia over. that tipped Essendon. <laughs> 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 I wasn't pleased at all, but um, yeah, I jumped off the bandwagon a few times, but I was glad they got the job done. Um, I've talked about Grundy of late, fellas. Seven goals Ooh. to two from stoppages in mm. favour of the Bombers, and I thought Ooh. Phillips was absolutely fantastic on the night. 
Grundy got 10 clearances, 20 touches. That's all good and well, but Phillips won the battle, I felt. Um, I'll, 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 I'll trace back to that in just yeah, a sec. Yeah, yeah. The goalie controversy, obviously, with the goal, the non-goal, the non-de-goalie. <laughs> um, <laughs> Bombers obviously won the game in the cold face. They hunted the pies and applied <laughs> tremendous pressure. Collingwood didn't, didn't look dangerous going inside 50. Well, they don't look dangerous inside 50 when Mason Cox is playing. I'm, I'm delivering more bombshells here by the second. Shiel was sensational, 29. And also, what have we got down there? We've got seven clearances and a goal. Stringer was terrific with three goals. And Tippo, a couple of goals as well in the third term and seven tackles. He was just... Dynamite. There's yeah. a lot of talking points out of this game, guys. Shield was looking good. It was and he played good as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, you he... can't say you like that haircut, <laughs> mate. <laughs> mate. He can he can do whatever he wants to his hair. Um, no, <laughs> ripping game. Really good game. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Stringer obviously has done his syndesmosis as well. Um, so he'll be out for a couple of months. Mm. So there's yeah. been a few of them going in. Norton last week. We've had two at the Tigers as well. Um, I really like the Bombers game. Plan they brought with that really high pressure, like Collingwood just carousel, mate. It's exactly right, Daniel. He used to be at Richmond. That's yeah. where Richmond got their flavour from, and now he's just shipped across to the Bombers, and they've brought that same uh, flavour with the carousel utensils. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, really like what they're doing, and Jordan Ridley as well. Sort of just came out, came out of nowhere, and he's mm. playing a really, really strong backline position. Played. Yeah, really mm. good stuff. I just I think that's really interesting when like how well they played when you consider no Heppel, no Merritt in that team either. It's all about effort. Just played. It's all so about effort. So you say arguably they're two best midfielders and they just yeah fly but through. Talk about Grundy to me, Tice, because it's an interesting point. Talk they, Grundy to me. I think they lost the clearances by ten, and this is a common occurrence. And you've mentioned him before, Tice. Yeah, I have. I have. I mean, he's we obviously you know we know he's an absolutely amazing ruckman, potentially the best ruckman in the comp, but. You know, the, the stats are potentially, I suppose, not telling, not telling the full story. Mm. So, obviously, Phillips, he played an excellent game. Like, he didn't get amazing statistics, but his impact on the game and his work around the ball and second efforts were really good. So, Grundy had nice numbers, but did he have a nice impact? And has he, he needs to get more from his hit answers. Yeah, that, is that what that, that's, from that's what I'm saying. Yeah, right? And the yeah. midfield need to work harder to... Because there's some Feed good names in there, but there yeah. are some bloke on the radio called him Hollywood. Yeah. There's a lot of good Hoy. names in there, but yeah. they're not delivered. Trelaw had 30 touches, and I thought he might have had 15 or yeah. 20, so that just shows like how much bang you're getting for your buck. Yep. Mm. So some, some talking points out of that one, I'll tell you what. West Coast and Sydney, some talking points here, guys. Mm. So Eagles home by 34 points at Metricon. Yep. Ruckless versus ruthless is what I had there. Sydney basically had no options in the ruck. They've kept losing players just again and again. Mm. I don't even know who was their ruck in the end of it. It was Aaliyah and McLean was sort yeah. of pinch hitting. but And meanwhile, Nick Nat was <laughs> absolutely just oh, ruck no. <laughs> Nick, Nat just like... Nick Nat was just on fire. He was everywhere. I can't yeah. remember exactly what the what. hit-outs were, but it was, I think they had like I think Nick seven Nat had total four, between 40, them. and he had like to seven, uh, yeah. yeah. It was absolutely ridiculous to watch. Brave win for the Eagles, and they, they really needed one before going back uh, home. Brave win with Captain Luke Shuey going off with a hamstring injury. So that's going to be um, very interesting, to say the least, of how they go about that. Eagles broke away after half time, recording their second win of the season, and a chance to get back on track. So along with the Tigers, which we'll t- discuss later, the, uh, the heavy weights 
getting back into it. So the heavyweights, um, that, yeah, that's, that's the exactly big guns, it. the big boys, <laughs> the big birds. <laughs> that's the one. We're the big birds. So um, they've got their marking oh. game back, and obviously the the sun came out and the eagles did too. So they've had Yellow. some pretty. You know, not so great conditions to play in, and um, they they took full advantage you know, of the ruck situation as well. Nick Nat eleven hitouts to advantage. I think it was like forty six to ten something. Yeah, something yeah. Along I've got those lines. he had thirty nine by himself, and all of Sydney had ten. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> Plus thirteen in the clearances, which obviously exemplified his magnificent ruck craft. Waterman and Allen five between them up forward caused Sydney all sorts of dramas and headaches. Shepherd the general Dan Beck with thirteen marks. Well, that's nuts. Yeah, it was good to see um, Waterman's kick after the quarter-time siren from like 55, 60 metres. Wow. Big Massive kick. kick, yeah. It's a big kick. It's a mammoth kick. It's <laughs> um, a goal. Yeah, no, it was... Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, didn't want West Coast or Richmond kick-started back into gear because I, mm. I said West Coast were out of it last week. Oh, so, yeah. um, he wrote yeah, them off. Yeah, you, yeah they're going to them off fully the, last week? I did, yeah, I think I did. I wrote them off. Okay. I, I think that... Cause some controversy. Was but this a win to say they're back in town though? Like I, I didn't, no, I didn't no, see it. But no, they but they're going back to their hub with yeah. some confidence. Yeah, yeah, and they're going to be heading back, yeah, heading back home for the next with what, some se- seven weeks. Yeah, and um, yeah, they'll have all home games pretty much when they go back. So yeah, some some youth from the Eagles certainly gave them a bit of spark. And Sydney again weren't poor. They haven't been poor in any of their games. They just can't really string good passages of play together consistently yeah. enough to um, give them anything good. Well, they're not quite back in town yet, but it's the right step going forward, hopefully. It's, yeah, for sure. Uh, they, yep, they just need to keep on keeping on. And Geelong had Gold Coast at GMHBA Stadium, and the Cats got home by 37 points. <laughs> yeah, I had great celebrate humbly for that. Obviously, the big game for Gaza, Selwood, and Henry. They weren't ruthless in all sorts. Gaza obviously had his nice goal at the end. Selwood was actually all around the contest doing pretty well, but yeah. obviously they're not going to be getting 30-plus each, but they were pretty humble about it. And even post-game, you know, you could see the smiles and you could see how how nice they were with Raoul as well afterwards that it was a pretty humble celebration for the both of them. Absolutely, Chuck. Uh, as you said, Joel and Gary got the result they were after. The Cats started off really well with fast ball movement. However, the Suns didn't go down without a fight. They mm. they responded, and with enormous pressure, the gauge was sitting around 210. It was absolutely massive and literally out of this world. So, um, <laughs> Which, Literally, you say. <laughs> literally, as well. Geelong were tougher for longer, though, around the contest, and were able to respond to that pressure. And um, they made some pay with turnovers, sort of as they tie. They, they sort of um, yeah, took control there. Menegola was really good with 23 and a goal. Duncan rapped, racked up 25. And uh, Tommy Hawkins has been a little bit of uh, heat on him, but I'll tell you. Oh, but, but he kicked three, eight marks, and four direct goal assists, 12 scoring. He's been doing it all year, mate. He just hasn't been kicking goals. Whoa, right. People need to whoa, get off Tommy Hawkins back. They, they do. He's, been, he's leading the league in goal assists, direct goal assists. He's leading the league in goal assists. He doesn't go missing. He doesn't kick three every single week. He's old now. He's not your three goal a week full forward anymore. It's all about team team defence, team attack. He sets up goals. He, Dalhouse, Ablett, Menegola, he set up all their goals. So. Yeah, so take that back, Tyus. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just... Did, look, did, I, did I say... <laughs> no, no, no. I, I talked about Pickers, Liam Pickering last week, gave some shots oh, to Hawkins right. and said he did nothing. I was like, we yeah. didn't do nothing. He had nine score involvements and four goal assists on, in that game against uh, Carlton, I believe. So, 
just calm down, everyone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Just leave him alone. Yeah. Tommy Hawk just hate... slip Langers at 20 to yeah. defend me on the podcast. I just hate when people, just people in general, all of you, Pick all of size, you, size. people just look at disposals, they look at goals. That's the only stats they look at. Mm. That's the only stats. Time. I hate it. Yeah. Oh, Dangerfield only got 20 touches. Oh, he was terrible. Yeah, but he also had, you know, whatever and whatever. Just don't look at the simple stats. Go onto your app, whatever app you use, and change your settings for what apps, what um, stats actually show up mm. on your app. I've put score involvement mm. in. It's the most important stat for forwards. Um, he gets, at, I think he's averaging three goal assists per game, Hawkins. So. See, this is what you bring to the table. Thank mate. you. This thank you. I'll die on a hill for Tom Hawkins. Yeah. And another, <laughs> another tip might be just to uh, watch the game people as well. well don't no, just yeah. check well, yeah. Yeah. Just, That helps. Yeah. Um, Menegola also, I have always been of the opinion that he's an Australian level player. I don't Whoa. think this will be his year because it's a weird sort of year, but I think next year when Ablett leaves... Menegola will flourish in a more natural half-forward flank role, but on the wing, he's performing quite well. He's been very good. Duncan is in that same category also. Also, boys, oh, just a quick one. We learnt that Matthew Rao's a human being. Yeah. He, yeah. he can be stopped. He can be hurt. Always if he bleeds, fine. you can kill it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the stadium actually that. has to go in for surgery after his shoulder put a big hole in it. So. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, I didn't think I'd be flat. You know, yeah. Not as an opposition player goes off, but I actually felt for him. Me but, too. Uh, it was funny, me and Tyus watching the game with, with my dad, and when King marked it, you alluded to when they were coming back, Dad's, oh, we're going to lose by seven goals. It's game over. Game over. So it's just, it felt like it's it. It's a great insight yeah. into the supporter. I, I saw a good tweet as well. Someone yeah. tweeted, Selwood participating in, you know, like a bit of beef and, you know, headlocks and stuff. So that's mm. one of the four um, pillars of the Geelong Lose-Ocalypse. The four oh, horsemen wow. of the Geelong lose off when like wow. Selwood goes nuts and starts like Stay biffing with people playing. and it's spot on too because they just getting angry, in the really. second quarter they looked a rabble and Gold Coast were just and even at the start of that third quarter where, where um Sam Day kicked that first goal and yeah. Jack Bowes was just dancing around our midfielders it was like what's going on yeah yeah I was a bit nervous and the nerves were a bit extra because of the uh the significance of the game mm, but yes. you know we got over the line and another weird stat I saw not to uh, hog all the airtime for this game but um. Geelong are the highest scoring team in the competition this year. I did see that one as well, and it's quite yeah. surprising when <laughs> they've surprising. been getting cri- criticised yeah. for their, you know, kick and stop and start and play. Yeah. It's interesting to be only by four points, I think, but we are the highest scoring yeah. team in the comp. So. Interesting. Beating the Hawks by ten goals and round one. Yeah, probably But yeah, Western Borgs they had a date with North Melbourne at the Marvel Bay. Stadium, and uh, the Dogs got the job done North. nicely by forty nine points. Yeah. Early expectations reversed. At the beginning of this um, restart, we were going, dogs look like absolute trash. What are they doing? North Melbourne, are they the real deal? And a few of us were going, yep, North are the real deal. But this game, they've they've completely changed yeah. outlooks, haven't they? It's like Freaky Friday here, Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis. Completely switched What do you reckon, Diz? <laughs> what a game it was. Uh, eight goals to two from stoppages for the dogs. Bullied North Melbourne around the contest. The numbers were pretty similar in a lot of areas, but it's all about what you do with the numbers. You know, numbers can be deceiving. Brody Grundy. Um, <laughs> at Brody <laughs> Grundy. Yeah. yeah, don't at me. Bruce, uh, speaking of criticism, Bruce obviously responded in the best way possible. He kicked six goals, um, which is really good for his confidence and for the dogs. 15 marks inside, 50 to 6, set up the win for the Bullies. And uh, the Bullius has just been superb for most of the season. And they are the sleeping giant at the moment. They're, they're under the radar. There's a few clubs we near the top of the ladder we're talking about a lot. But the Dogs, out of nowhere, are 
under the radar and looking dangerous. English, McRae, Johannesson were all prolific for the Dogs. And a couple of their young kids as well. Latham Vandermeer has been a really good addition, as has Riley name. West. Yeah, it's a ripper yeah. name. He got knocked out and still somehow scored 19 Supercoach in the last quarter, but that's all right. <laughs> um, yeah, a couple of their Thanks. kids have been really good. Tim English has been fantastic. His last couple of weeks have been really good. I think he's mm. the number one intercept mark player in the comp of the last three, three or four weeks. So he's been really good, and I think they've got their mojo back. And um, yeah, it's all sort of clicked into gear with a couple of good players to come back still as well. So... North are going poor, though. Yes. Like, I remember when early in the season they were talking, so can North finish top four, you know? And, and all the special comment guys, yeah, you know, definitely a good chance. Like, <laughs> Reese Shaw's got them doing this and that. They believe. It's like, they've produced some trash. This mm. is poor. Like, mm. the dog's great. They're back in town. And they've, as you guys have said, turned uh, what was a poor start into their back on track sort of deal mm. where North are they're looking really poor. Interesting decision to see that Cunnington played Oh, sorry, I thought well, you had something else. Uh, the fact just, that he played full stop. I thought you were going <laughs> for a position, but what was wrong with He's been a laid out the last two weeks. He's oh, had really? a back issue, oh, and okay. I don't know if you saw any of the game, but they put him up forward, yeah, and right. he was just sort of like swatting at flies the whole time, barely got oh, near the ball. <laughs> and then they took him off at halftime, and really? Reshaw conceded that he shouldn't have played. Wow, that's, that's such a weird wow. decision. Because he, he didn't it? look anything like fit. And he was sitting on the bench. Shook would have seen it where um, Taron Thomas was also injured and was like chewing his ear off on the bench. Oh, and he's yes. like famously doesn't talk much and he's just sitting with his uh, arms crossed and Taron's <laughs> just like talking in his ear. He's just like... <laughs> <laughs> just does him on the bar a bit. Yeah, North, oh, yeah. North need to pick up. Yeah. Fair bit of work to do. Brisbane Lions had Port Adelaide at the Gabba and the Lions accounted for them nicely by 37 points. Yeah, how about this? Ladder leaders humiliated. They're still on top just because they obviously had such a dominant start, but percentage. They really Brisbane tore them apart, didn't they? They didn't look anything like the team that Langers hoped they could be. Oh, oh. <laughs> they're a rabble, mate. You talk pulled up. We said that they were coming into their first challenge, and they've absolutely failed, mate. But we, we might get to that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Anywho, uh, six goal second term for Brisbane blew the game out of the water. Obviously, midfield domination once again from Brisbane. Set him up for another victory. And they are travelling very well at the moment. Four on the trot. I'll keep mentioning the same names. to keep dominating. Lions, 27. Neil, 29 on the goal. And... Uh, McCluggage his, yes. has also been good. McCluggage. Yeah. Yeah. McCluggage has been very good as well. <laughs> so, um, yeah. What, what a man he's been. Jake. Daniel. You've Riley, been on, <laughs> you've been on Port Adelaide for a long time now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're. I'm gonna have to put my cane corns mask you know, on what, here. Are you, are you nervous? That because that was a poor show. That was very they were poor. Put to the sword. Very, very Have they poor. just had a few easy kills and taken advantage of it, or do you still think they're the real deal? I, I still think they're the real deal. Mm. Um, they have been in a hub this whole time as well. Don't forget. So, I expect them to bounce back this week against the Giants. If they lose to the Giants, then I'm off them. Okay. Yeah, but this was a big test and they failed. Um, yeah. A couple of their um, backline issues were brought up. They don't have any tall defenders. Clurie's their tallest at 195, and he was, you know, Hipwood had him on a lead the whole time. And yeah, yeah. I think Watto sent me a sent me yeah. a meme of Hipwood emptying his pockets after the game, and Clurie was in there, and everyone else was in there. <laughs> Charlie Dixon got showed, shown up, and um, yeah. yeah, a couple of their backline issues uh, were sort of found out, and they just, I don't think Rockliffe and um, 
Wines. Wines in the same midfield works because they're both sort of slow, yeah. chunky boys. Yeah. Um, so Don't bring weight into it, mate. You can't fat shame. Clunky, <laughs> clunky. Did someone say Stephen Motlop? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, West, here's West, another West one. He's just sort of fallen off the face of the earth. Rosie's been poor since um since Wines came yeah. back in. I think less midfield time for Rosie's been not mm. good. So I I think Rockliffe sort of either has to go forward or or out. Boke's been performing Boke pretty well, but um, yeah. yeah, just was hoping to see a bit more from Port Adelaide and wasn't wasn't good. So yeah, happy to um cop that one. We'll wait to see what happens next week. Mm. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll truly see where they're at very soon. Adelaide Fremantle Metricon Stadium. It was the Dockers recording a win here by twenty points. Yeah, it was good on them. Clearances aren't everything. That's all I can say. They're Adelaide, obviously, the Crouch Brothers were kicking yeah. ass, but the midfield wasn't turning into anything, were they? Once they got it up there. So they obviously dominated clearances, Crows. Yeah, yeah. They, they had a, a fair bit of the ball on a leash and yeah. the trash bars racked up 50-something between Yeah, them. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. They are a fair indeed. 88 points, total aggregate score for this game. It was pretty uh, sunny there as well, but when you got two of the more ordinary teams in the competition going at it, uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough, tough day at the office. Freo took 110 marks, which is quite incredible, so they controlled the ball exceptionally well. The mm-hmm. numbers don't lie there. Crows had plenty of chances, uh, but they went big and very inaccurate. Goal kicking, four goals, ten, not good enough. Um, and yeah, you see that Taylor Walker oh. kick from um, Frampton, wasn't it? Yeah. To Walker, and then the sun gets in his eyes. I think that sums up the Crows' season right there. Mm. You see um, Yeah, yeah. Lobb, Tucker, and Walters all combined for multiple majors, so were really good. And the Crouch brothers combined, as uh, you mentioned there, Chook, for 55 between them. Brayshaw was terrific, and I think uh, Longmuir was really impressed with the way he went about it first time he's had a really four quarter performance yeah 100 percent. good that this game was uh shown in america or wherever it was it was great which game do you think yeah let's show the worst two sides in the competition uh come on obviously i think it was it was a case of just poor and awkward timing potentially but uh, even two poor teams can sometimes play a reasonable game but we got a shock again (laughs) and now america's like Nope. Wow, that was great. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. Pat McAvee <laughs> just um, ended his subscription. <laughs> yeah. That first quarter was disgusting from Adelaide. Yeah. Um, Ned McHenry and Lockie Murphy had two dead-to-rights, easy set shots yeah. on goal. I, I said to you yesterday, Murphy yeah. took one step in his run-up and sort of kicked it off a back step. It was so strange mm. and missed completely out in the full. And Adelaide just could not get their act together going inside 50. And it, and it really showed. I think we know where Adelaide's at now. They're just a they're they're the worst team in the competition. They're the bottom side. Oh, probably a fair margin. Yeah. Well, if Frio's the second worst, and we'll yeah. talk about Melbourne shortly, but yeah, <laughs> mm. not good. Do, do you reckon they're missing that training camp? Like they're they're probably there, they're <laughs> yeah, well, playing in this season. That was another big thing that came up during the week. But yeah, I think they're they playing just, like they're blindfolded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they genuinely need to re-stump, re-root, do all the things Re-root they need to line. do. Yep, do all that stuff. Re-root, I don't think is the word. <laughs> no, no. Not from Rossi Lyon, that one. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, and Ross Lyon's uh, the, out of the door at the moment as well, just waiting <laughs> to come in. Um, yeah, they've got a long way to go with the Crows. It's going to be a long time coming. Richmond and Melbourne at the MCG. It was the Tigers of old by 27 points. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, injuries dampen celebrations. That's all I had to say there. They had a few poor ones. You're just like, oh, that's a big loss for them. But yeah. 
and innocuous ones too. Like at the end of the event, like Cochin was off and all these others were off. You're like, how did they end up there? Mm, <laughs> there was yeah. tears, there was smiles. It was, it was a bit confusing on the bench, but the, as I was saying, guys, the Tigers of old are back. That kind of like West Coast, you wouldn't get jump up and down out of excitement, but um, steps in the right direction. Tigers and the Eagles just had to get wins, and they they did that, and they're sort of getting back to some of the more familiar footy we're used to seeing. Fierce pressure and running in ways put Melbourne under the pump and Tigers are moving the ball forward and causing chaos like we know they can. Melbourne challenged late but weren't able to execute in some crucial moments and contests. Um, I'll let you guys delve into that very shortly. Coston. Frank Coston. Coston and Prestia will be on the sidelines which will really hurt Richmond's midfield um, going forward. Lambert was best on with three goals and 27 possessions. Uh, Gorn was absolutely excellent, especially in that last quarter. And Hill was really solid um, back in the side. And uh, Lynch, out of nowhere, kicked three goals, as he tends to do. Well, I think those injuries could be very telling. I feel as if the Tigers... I know they did it the other year when they had a stack of players out early, but it's tougher with this shorter season. Mm -hmm. And I don't think Richmond are travelling as well but they'll have their backs against the wall again and they'll back themselves in to do it. But Melbourne, their uh, ability to convert inside 50s to scores, let alone goals, is terrible. And I know the game was probably done and needed a miracle in the last couple Mm. of minutes anyway, but they just had this slight bit of momentum Free kick to Oliver and just, oh, just we're, a, we're watching them together, mate. Just an atrocious oh, kick, like what was he and thinking? that's what holds him back from being an elite player because he wins the shocking. ball top six or seven in the comp, but his foot skills are just nowhere Deplorable. near some of and, the best and mids. He, he did it a few times during that yeah. game, but yeah, they just, they just seems like Melksham's the only one who kicks their goals. They just can't get it to him. What's Wiedemann doing? Like they who? Yeah, exactly. he's barely played for them. Exactly, their forward line is a rabble. Mm. And if you're a Melbourne fan, you'd be distraught. Like they're oh. crap again. Yeah, we we didn't know what was going to be the aberration, and clearly, it was actually it's their not... run. <laughs> yeah, their run to the prelim was the false that was dawn. It. That yeah. was it. So, I think yeah. you, you mentioned the Melbourne fans would be fuming, and people have genuinely started asking questions about Goodwin mm. this week, and yeah, yeah. I can. I totally get it. Obviously, they're not going to make a move on Goodwin, but they've got one of the best lists on paper. If you think about their top-end talent in Gorn, mm. Oliver, Brayshaw, Malksham's an elite player, Petrarca. Christian Petrarca. May is, and Lever down back. Well, um, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's just unfathomable that, you know, we, we are pretty privileged that Geelong's been so good for so long and our list is good on paper and we get frustrated when... We don't perform to our expectations, but that list at their age profile as well should be performing so much better than what they are doing. Um, I think the heat is is going to come on them this week. They they're seventeenth again. They finished seventeenth last year, mm. and after five rounds, they're seventeenth on the ladder again, which is hard to believe considering Gorn obviously is probably the second best player in the comp. Mm. Crazy. You know who's probably loving life? Was it was it Melbourne and North Melbourne that switched? Draft picks potentially, I believe. Yeah, was de- it or was potentially? That? I think sure. North, like Melbourne, might have given up their pick for this okay. next draft mm-hmm. of North okay. Melbourne. Or a future, yeah. yeah and yeah. they might end up in a bit of strife. If that's yeah. completely wrong, yeah. just uh, edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> they, oh, they all, all assuming it is North, they'll be hoping Melbourne keep going the way they are. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, it's unfortunate. It's such a big drop off from where they were in twenty eighteen. 
yeah. when they beat us in that final, and they yeah. just looked like world beaters. And even the final, they lost to the Eagles, where there was reports they never, they never reviewed mm-hmm. it. Even going back to that, there's still question marks got, around that. Like, that. we're sort of programmed, or at least I feel programmed to be awaiting the response of Melbourne. Yeah. Almost like, nah, there's too many good players yeah. out there for them to not be better. Like I was even scrolling through the games for next week and. And then you go, hang on, are they, they're no good. Mm. And they haven't been good mm. for a little bit now. So, But, I don't know, you look at as you said, on paper, but it doesn't translate at the minute. Absolutely. They're, and they have recruited for the now. You know, yeah. as I was mentioning before with um, some of the stars, I've got, you know, May and Lever can only do so much down back and they're obviously really good players in themselves and they've solidified their team there. But it's They just gave up, up a lot for those guys. Yeah, and just, yeah. just up forward. Too much. Yeah. Just up forward, they can't get it done. And uh, Jesse Hogan's... Sitting at Fremantle, yeah, and they, they've been down ever since he's been out. And yeah. even even not picking Harley Bennell for the Geelong game, like what yeah. what's going? They brought Harley Bennell in for his ball use, his decision making, and they sent him back so he can work on some areas of his game, like defensive. Mm. You don't bring Harley Bennell into your team for defensive efforts. You bring him to hit a flare. You hit yeah. up Tom McDonald from outside fifty yeah. in the goal square, stuff like that. He's not in there to lay tackles necessarily. Mm. One if he's injured off record, mm. it's, it's not probably not possible. Well. But plenty for work, plenty just, of work for Melbourne. Just to, to confirm do. that North Melbourne did trade pick eight for the Demons twenty twenty for this year, so okay. potentially could, could be, be an update two. from yeah. 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 North. Just thought Melbourne were absolute <laughs> garbage. They're like, yeah, yeah, we'll give that up. You're gonna go trash next could year. Be spot on as well. Hashtag no respect. GWS have Hawthorne at the Giants Stadium and the Giants uh, haven't lost to the Hawks at Giants Stadium though they got home by 34 points. Uh, this is a bit of an inside one as well after a few comments in previous weeks. <laughs> Perryman who ends. Yeah. You can't say you don't know who he is anymore. After kicking all those goals in the first few rounds, this week he absolutely, they, I think they put him to half back, he absolutely racked up the disposals and, and killed it to his... So Charlie Dixon's obviously trying to solidify his uh, Coleman, I suppose, medal aspirations, and I think Perryman's just quit the Coleman and he's trying to get the Brownlow now because he, cause <laughs> yeah. he absolutely racked it up. Uh, the, the Giants, though, and it was all the talk, 26 inside 50s for 18 scoring shots. It was absolutely unbelievable. I think the best conversion ever recorded under champion data. The Hawks fall back quite well with some good ball movement and clearance work. However... Giants, they were just tougher and harder for longer. Rock solid defence, taking some great intercept marks. So every time Hawthorne kicked it inside 50, it was Haynes, it was Davis. Mm. You know, all, all these guys just taking intercept marks. Heath Shaw and, and um, the likes. Perryman probably as well. <laughs> and um, run and gun handball style. The orange tsunami was back and um, helped set up the win. The three tolls up forward were great as well. Mm. Um, Kelly brilliant with 30. Haynes 11 marks. He has to be all Australian this year. He, well, now that Howe's out, he yeah. Absolutely has to. Himmelberg and Finlayson were beautiful with four-inch. Him- Himmelberg's pretty beautiful, just in general. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he kicked four, so <laughs> what a man. No, I think they were very clubs good. are going to start looking to expose Ben McAvoy in the back line as well, because if Himmelberg's out running in, he got turned big yeah, time. Yeah. I wish BT was commentating just so he could say, oh, <laughs> big boy's been turned. He's like a shipping container. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, Giants seem to be back to their roots of the orange tsunami, as you mm. mentioned, and they just play that hard, tough, borderline dirty slash angry brand of football, which which is good to watch. And 
Paul Clarko <laughs> implemented this uh, holding the ball rule. I think yeah. in, in 100 tackles that Hawthorne have laid since that comment, they've got one holding the ball out of those 100 I think tackles. I got like 10 or something. Yeah. That's not really hurt. Yeah. That was crazy. So that was, good. That was it's almost like it. a big middle finger. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we'll bring it in, but not for you. <laughs> it was a great game to watch. 10 goals in the third term and one of the best quarters of the years I've seen. And it, yep. was, um, yeah, it was free-flowing. Like Giants from top, Hawks hit back and yeah, it was a topsy-turvy, which I really enjoyed. Cop that. Let's a... talk a little bit of draft, hey boys? Absolutely. Yeah, I thought, well you mentioned it, Langis. This is partly your little topic, but well. <laughs> I thought it'd be good to expand on what you mentioned and uh, just go over a couple of, not fully re-ranked, like actual top 10 drafts, mm. but just a few of the top threes that have been topical over the journey. Some bolters of the past. Some gems. Noah yeah, Bolter, is that who you mean? Or? <laughs> well, <laughs> I think because of uh, Bailey, just, Bailey Smith's really risen yeah, this year. So that yeah. conversation, it was, you know, Walsh or Rosie, who's better out of those two? And now Smith's just gone past them both, yeah, it feels. Has, so yeah. I think the general consensus now that, I don't know, I, for me it's mm. probably Smith, Rosie Walsh. I don't know if you guys agree with that. From you know, we'll talk about yeah. that because that's been a pretty high conjecture draft of, of recent years. I'd probably dis. I'd, I'd probably still go on Walsh number one. Really? Like, yeah. Just that first year, he was clearly above them both yes. by that much. Right now, and this year, it's kind of awkward. Just the position that they're mm-hmm. kind of putting him in is not really a chance to shine or do what he should be yeah, doing. Yeah, because all we've really seen from Walsh is he's just been there. kicking Paul inside 50 and <laughs> doing turnovers, which cost him the game. Yeah. So, yeah, it's rough. That is a good point. I'd have Smith won, yeah. to be honest, just because he's damaging. I feel as if Walsh just isn't quite... He seems to have lost his mojo a yeah. little bit. I don't know. And Rosie, I've, I've seen some games where he looks unbelievable <laughs> and other games where I'm like, He's not really doing much at all. That so West Coast I think game he's probably got the highest upside to be that absolute X Factor superstar. But Smith is a contested ball. He's a beast. Um, Smith. Bailey Smith. Bailey Smith. Bulldogs. Yeah. I just heard Smith like and... Brody Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's all right. Zach he's Smith. He's got that abs. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you now. Yeah. I just heard Smith and I'm like, yeah. There's like 800 Smith. Like, no, just, Smith's got a rig like you, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe 10 years ago, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bailey is tearing up. He, he's um, really tough around the ground. And, um, yeah, just an absolute bull. He, like the Bulldogs. Mm. He's um, kicking goals as well. He's just yeah, all-round tough bloke. So. Yeah, he just seems like the more ready-made player right yeah. now for, for where the Bulldogs are at. I think Carlton still sort of have a question mark mm. where they're at Porter contending and Rosie can be that flashy player for what they need when he's on but I think probably more midfield time yeah. like a Chad Wingard because they're quite similar um, I think I said he's like a Chad Wingard and Robbie Gray love child a couple of weeks yeah, ago yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah I just thought it was interesting to because um, that's as I mentioned been a pretty high mm. highly um, controversial recent draft Walsh at number one and Rosie mm. probably Questionably better than him last year, even though Walsh won the Rising Star. I know Kane Corns Just is really that, yeah. big on the yeah. on the rosy thing, but I don't know if you guys had any other draft bolters, sliders, gems, or steals or anything like that from recent draft either. Well, I wanted to get your thoughts on a not so recent draft in terms of the Judd Ball and uh, Hodge, <laughs> wasn't it? Because that one gets spoken about a lot, or at least those three, because it's been much debated. I it feel was as a if. Draft. I feel as if the three spot in that chat is pretty clear, but 
I'd love to. <laughs> sorry, Luke, but I'd love to. Um, I'd love to hear sorry, just you Chris. know just quickly from each of you where you would. Uh, honestly, I can't remember exactly where they were drafted. I think Hodge was one. Hodge wasn't was one. He? But, so, um, which Luke were you apologising to? There? Yeah, <laughs> I looked at that. I was like, yeah, that could be yeah. other Luke. That probably shows how disrespectful I am to Luke Ball. I just, <laughs> I just presumed I didn't even yeah. bring Hodge into that. But uh, Tyce, what do you reckon? Would you? Uh, how would you rank those guys? Well, I suppose. Looking at it from a pure playing sense, I would go Judd number one. Um, mm. I, I think. Do, do, how do we want to do it, guys? Oh, just, 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 just something. Yeah, like okay. yeah, yeah. yeah Judd, So I'll go Judd first. Then I'll go Hodge. Then I'll go Ball. Sorry, sorry, Luke. Yeah, Luke Ball. Um, Judd, obviously, once in a generation player, absolutely, you know, sensational. His skills are phenomenal. Model Brownlows as well. Um, I picked him just, I mean, over Hodge. We, we go, like, by team success a little bit. Sometimes that Lately that, that, push, that, yeah. that pushes players up a bit. But, I mean, who knows if Hodge went to a, a Carlton or something. It might have been a, a bit of a different story. But, I mean, Hodge's leadership, absolutely right up there for sure. And his toughness. And sometimes it is players like Hodge and Selwood and, you know, Matthew Rao. These players that can mm. set the culture and the way your club sort of, you know, grows. So, Hodge, yeah, for, you know, he's done it all couple of Norm Smiths as well, which is really... Just just a couple of Norm Smiths, no worries, and mm. been fantastic. And Luke Ball, obviously, he ended up with a premiership going in the pies and yeah. very mixed emotions, for sure. But very good player. We're yeah, being very solid. Yeah. Luke. I mean, he can't kick over yeah. a jam tin, but good, <laughs> good player. Well, if you put That's Luke it. Ball in the conversation with, like, any other midfielder, like, he's going to be yeah. number one. But I when you have that... From well, memory, not too, from early on, he was... <laughs> early on, it wasn't as clear cut. No, so, no. I recall Luke Ball, he was extremely good player at St Kilda. Mm. Yeah, hmm. yeah. He, well, um, I think I'd have to agree with yeah. with Tyson there. Probably mm. Judd, on a pure player perspective, is, is the best of them all. Mm. Um, Chook, you mentioned off air before, because obviously you know we just talk about the three from that draft, but there's obviously some great players in yeah. that draft as well that weren't in the top ten, let alone <laughs> in the top three. But you know Bartel, Stevie J, just from a Geelong perspective, there were some other um, crazy there's, there's names. This guy and, called Gary Ablett. Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a little master. Obviously, yeah. If you, if I think if you're including the whole draft, I don't think I think Judd might even be out to to Gary Ablett. Yeah. yeah. But oh, just yeah. those three, <laughs> I'd be going for Judd number one still, just because that first year, those first years, he came out. What mm. did he, he? What did he win the Brownlow at 22 years old? Didn't he or something? Yeah. He was young. Yeah. Very young, yeah, and he still hair. kept his career going long. Hodge obviously had the longevity in him. He played a lot longer than Judd in yeah. the end. But I think in the end, just that brilliance that Judd brought to a team could probably have pushed any of the 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 upper level clubs straight to a premiership. And he carried Carlton to finals mm. on, on those very taped shoulders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of make. tape in the Judd family. <laughs> Sometimes double-sided. Wow. <laughs> how, how would you have gone? Yeah, I totally thing? agree. I mean, yeah. I, I thought, and you guys probably did too, it was probably... Fairly clear cut, but it's interesting. Um, I hear that those three talked about a lot, and um, I always think with the draft too. Like you think of Tambling and, and when they took him in, in front of Buddy, wasn't Buddy, it? Yeah, yeah and, and you think of those sort of. There was one with um, Bonton Pally was taken. Someone else was before Billings and Bonton Pally. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so a real discussion point. And even Andy McGrath really interests me with uh, Taranto and McCluggage mm, as well. That's a good one, yeah. Oh, it's oh, interesting geez. how those sort of trios come up yeah, from some yeah, of the, some just, of the I drafts. Like yeah, following their, their I think parts. also Geelong drafted Coladashny before Brodie Grundy as well. So. Oh! 
<laughs> which is you uh, know what at the time we, I mean, yeah. we have for years I mean, we've always needed a bloody rugby yeah. oh, and no oh, offence to Colo because I think he'll still be quite a good player but yeah, geez, we no, bloody need a no, ruckman take offence Colo you're yeah. an awful kid <laughs> you need a yeah. damn ruckman you, you cost us a premiership though, so, <laughs> so, but, uh, it's okay um, that's pretty interesting you talked about the, the Richard Tambling move there was actually a bit of an interesting like story behind that one you hear in that Hawthorne went tactically into that because they knew that Richmond really wanted Roughhead. Mm. Hawthorne, Franklin was the player that Hawthorne actually wanted from the get-go was their number one man, but they knew that maybe the Richmond weren't that interested in Franklin. Mm. So Rich, so Hawks took a bold move. They went, all right, we'll go for Roughhead. Yeah. They went, they took Roughhead, and then Richmond are like, well, we don't really want this Franklin guy. Yeah. So they went for they gambling. So yeah. Hawthorne... Big winners there end up getting both their men set yeah. up their forward line for, for the next 12 years. 10, yeah. 12 years. Well, that's a bold It was move, very yeah. bold that's, that's because bold. they went against the man that they wanted most yeah. because they they played chicken and they won. All right. <laughs> yeah. and Terry Wallace has been chicken. spewing up ever since. <laughs> yeah. so, so I must have thought um, Brad Ottens, Matthew Richardson and Greg Stafford were just going to play until they were 50 years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so you didn't think of the future there. Greg um, Stafford. I thought James Hurd was quite um, very, very late, and what an amazing pick! I, yeah. I can't remember exactly, but it'll be the late sixties, early seventies. Yeah. That what a, one of the greatest picks of all time, arguably. I think it was either him or Chris Grant was number seventy-five in the draft. Yeah, and yeah, both beyond seventy, and and we we bagged out Clayton Oliver earlier, but he was one of the biggest bolters we've ever seen. Mm. I know he wasn't even in any top twenties before some carnival and then he just shot, shot up through, to number yeah. four just a chubby young fella who could win a clearance and then he stripped down and he's become one of the best players in the comp mm. Warpole I think 47 thereabouts yeah, really high up and yeah. he's going to be yeah, one of their top yeah. fielders for years to come yeah. I'd probably say my best bargain buyer going back a bit pick 33 in the rookie draft oh wow Aaron Sandilands what yeah, probably yeah. one of the greatest ruckmen yeah. to ever play the game. Yeah. <laughs> Who was it? Pick thirty three in That's the rookie draft. I think, I think Dean Cox was rookie back. listed as well. Mm. He was a rookie list pick too, Dean mm. Cox. So absolutely struck out. I think Dane Swan was a pick in the late late fifties oh, yeah, or sixties, which is insane. Yeah, what a um, pick. From a Geelong perspective, because probably more familiar with them. Joel yeah. Selwood obviously picked fourteen, so he's still pretty high up there. But he yeah, had Yeah, he was pick seven, wasn't he? He was pick seven, sorry. Yeah, yeah he's number fourteen. But, um, but he had a dinky knee. Yeah. So they absolutely took a chance on him. Yeah. He, I had, don't a, know. he had a bung knee. Mitch so. Forp, I reckon, could oh. have been <laughs> <laughs> Graham Polak, I think, who was like pick five thereabouts. He's yeah, well in that yeah. top ten and mm-hmm. obviously Freo and Richmond um had a bit of time with him but didn't really live up to a Top pick like that. Some of those selectors would just be up at night for some of the picks. Yeah. It, <laughs> the the it hindsight, would, it would yeah. You. Particularly, when you look back at some drafts and you go, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, the, like yeah. The, out of their ten picks, like none of them have any relevance. And then you yeah. look at like you know Geelong's drafts over the years. Like Stephen Well just goes to sleep every night and just goes just closes his eyes, just goes yeah. to sleep immediately. <laughs> but like you look at like the Bulldogs or or Richmond, probably the most famous one that just yeah. have you know shocking draft selections. But yeah, it's interesting to look back at. Some of the draft um, selections think, you know, what were they thinking there? What yeah. are they doing? And oh. at the time, it's, you know, it obviously makes sense at the time. And you watch drafts now and they say all the pros and guys, he's clearly number three. But, you know, in a couple of years' time, you go, well, they either didn't develop like they thought or they, they got it wrong. Well, didn't you of course, Nat Fife? I think, I don't know if one of you has brought up pick. already. He was a, quite a late pick. Like, mm. I think he was fairly late, like yeah. maybe even in the 
high 20s, maybe? I think you're right there, yeah. He'd probably be arguably the number one of that draft pick now, even though Dusty's there. I'd still pick Fife over Dusty career-wise yeah. any day, even with the injuries. Well, there's another topic uh, for next week. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> pretty, yeah, like pretty that. interesting one to think. There's like a lot of guys who are super echelant. Matthew Prittis has a Brownlow, thinking of Brownlow medalist. Yeah, he was a, late, he was was a rookie very pick late as well, pick. I believe. Yeah, rookie. And yeah. Just, I don't think Mick amazing. Malthouse would agree with you about Fife, though. Oh. <laughs> no, not a champion player. No. Crazy times. Uh, yeah, even go back and I, I saw a LinkedIn post today. I, I'm not sure if I put it through to you guys, but um, I must have missed that. Me, yeah, mustn't have quite uh, gone through. <laughs> but um, we're mentioning Brad Moran. So he oh, yeah. he, he um, played for North Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> I've no idea who that is. He, he's North, yeah. North Melbourne, rock and roll believer, Adelaide. It's going back quite quite some time. But yeah, you think of these players back so long ago, Lane Spanderman for the for the Lions. <laughs> it's going back to. Yeah, he was making well, up names, surely. You're getting LinkedIn requests from these guys because yeah, yeah, yeah. the, the podcast. Yeah, they're a business on. opportunity with Brad Moran. No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> That's some dark web stuff with <laughs> 1993 player. Yeah, very interesting. We'll have to, um, maybe in the offseason, if we're doing a pod still, we'll have to go back and maybe re rank the. You know, yeah. previous ten seasons draft in the top ten, maybe. Yeah. Just get on that Fox Footy live. Yeah, <laughs> and they yeah, had absolutely. nothing else to do. And first time Brad Moran's been spoken about in fifteen years. Yeah, so. <laughs> he just like wakes up in the middle of the night, like mm, here's his name being spoken. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness gracious, there's a big round coming up though. Oh, absolutely. Get let's get uh, stuck into some tipsies because Mr. Anderson, you have tipped nine this week. Yeah, and I think he had a personal message for that one bloke on your YouTube channel. He said, "You're an idiot for tipping Essendon." He said, "He said, uh, he said the pies. It's a pretty easy pick to go to the pies." So I believe he said it was the easiest pick to yeah. Let's be honest. Me and Langers were at you. (laughs) We were quite insulting to you when it looked like the pies had it in the bag. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you like you got to pick some roughies, and you go, "Yeah, some roughies, but don't just throw away your pick." (laughs) (laughs) And then they came up and won it. Yeah, I've been, look, I've been yeah. under pressure, guys, in, internally and yeah. externally. I've been under, <laughs> under the heat the last couple of weeks. I've really had to deliver. So, I mean, not nice to get nine out of nine, but it's got to be consistent. So, <laughs> not going to get nine this week, but we'll see how we go. Uh, Geelong have Brisbane at the SCG. Uh, they, these teams don't play at the SCG very often. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> certainly not each other. <laughs> Obviously, with the, uh, yeah. the hub life happening. Um I reckon, yeah, I love what Brisbane are doing and they're very consistent. Their midfield's bullish at best and um, I see them, yeah, winning probably in that sort of four-goal range. Yeah, I'm going to tip Brisbane here. I think uh, they're rightfully the flag favourite. Um, so I'm on board flag the Flag favourite, there's another topic. Yeah, yeah, as much as it sort of hurts to go against the Cats, mm. I'm going to try and take my uh, biased Bias. cap off and I'll tip the Lions. I'm going to take one from the Tiz book and I'm going to go for the Cats. Oh, it's going the Cats. <laughs> I got to, I've got i gone poorly in the chips this year. I, got, make up some I think I got two in round one, so yeah. I probably need to work my way back up. Geelong has played two games at as the home team at the Sydney Cricket Ground. One in 1902 and oh, one yes. in 1983. What was the 83 one? Against Carlton. Oh. Yeah, we have not lost a home game at the SCG. Alright, can I change my <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's language. What a precedence, I'm sure it'll yeah, have a yeah, lot yeah. of... That will change on Thursday, I'm tipping Brisbane by okay. five points. <laughs> I cannot okay. see Geelong being Brisbane, I'm, I'm sorry. If they if they beat Brisbane, then that will be good. Oh, yeah, I thought you were going to put, on, put something on there. Well, yeah, that'd yeah, be a yeah, massive but... effort. That's the only reason I can see Brisbane losing, is because it's oh, you know disadvantage for both teams, and you know maybe Geelong handle it better. 
So there we go. We haven't played the SCG of late. Mm. Only a few against the Swans. We normally play ANZ or uh, Team HBO. Collingwood have Hawthorne at the MCG. And this game's really, really tough. I'll... I think that's actually at Giant Stadium. Um, yeah, they, they will not be at the MCG. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> they, they Tice be is at... bringing footy back to Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make it the MCG. We'll, we'll get the crowd in. It'll be great. Um, <laughs> now nah, the Pies, I think they, they can't possibly afford to lose three in a row. Obviously, Howe's a massive out and will be out for a while. Um, so I bought him again after a number of weeks as well. He's probably another three weeks uh, under his belt there. They have won the last three, though, the Hawks. So they do very well against the Pies. But Pies just. Hawthorne, I think they'll get over Hawks' defence. It looks a bit civvy at times. Yeah. No, I, I think, I know Colin would have been out of sorts, but I will be tipping the Pies. I think they'll find some more of their better form. Um, I'll be going for the Pies as well. It's interesting when we were talking about McAvoy, it seems to be kind of topsy turvy because at start, everyone going, why is McAvoy playing in the back line? Then a couple of weeks later, they're like, geez, it turns out that was a genius decision, how good yeah. he is. And now it's back to why is he playing in the back line? <laughs> it just seems it's like that's going to keep He was thrown and... everywhere on the weekend. Yeah, so. it's, it's, he's quite he's interesting. Up forward, yeah, he so was. Maybe, yeah. maybe he might play there for a bit. It's interesting when Hawthorne win. Alistair Clarkson's a genius, and when Hawthorne lose, it's exactly. the players' fault. <laughs> exactly. Clarkson just never cops any Masterclass. But, um, I'm tipping Collingwood. Just. Just. They. They <laughs> have had a. A terrible fortnight. How obviously being outside bottom, Jordan Goey for obvious reasons. Mm. Um, I can't see them losing three in a row because of how good they seem, even with injury um, stuff. And Hawthorne aren't that good. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Cool for that. Yeah. Fair bit of work to do. Fremantle have St Kilda, and this is at. Metricon, not at the MCG. <laughs> <laughs> this is for the Ross Lyon medal, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Or, or the so. Zach Dawson medal. Zach Which Dawson. one? <laughs> yeah. Zach Dawson Cup. Yeah. The, the Dawson Lyon medal. Um, I think the Saints get the job done here. Again, their fast, exciting footy probably uh, escapes Fremantle's dour sort of uh, setup and no five makes it a bit tough as well. Yeah, the Saints are good to watch. I really like watching them play. There's not too many sides that you can bank on to play some good footy. And, uh, yeah, I'll be picking them with a fair bit of confidence. Yeah, Saints, that's a team you can set your watch to, I reckon. (laughs) (laughs) To bring out the old phrases. No, I'll be picking the Saints as well. I think they're looking real fast and they got, like, 93% of the tips on the ESPN. (laughs) (laughs) Sponsored by an ESPN. I I think Frio have a habit of beating St Kilda, so I wouldn't be surprised to see if if they won. Do it then. Go on. Pick them. Do you want me to do it? No, I'm not going to yeah. do it. No, no, no. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I wouldn't be surprised if they won. But yeah, Saints for yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. Now that you know, maybe Free have got a bit, got their ends up a bit. They've got to win. But no, nah, Saints for me. Go safe. Safe on head. No, but, s- but maybe. <laughs> I'll keep sitting on the top safe in so. case. But <laughs> West Coast have Adelaide at the Gabba, the Gabbatoire. The Eagles should win this game. Uh, I think any team can beat Adelaide at the moment with uh, their eyes closed. So. <laughs> so, sorry, sorry, uh, yeah, sorry, Matthew Nix, but um, yeah, I see the Eagles getting the job done here. Yeah, absolutely. I think they found a bit more of their uh, better footy back, but as you say, the Crows are a shambles at the minute. So West Coast comfortably. Yeah, I'll be going for the Eagles too. It's really fun seeing these completely different grounds yeah, holding so these random, games. It's completely neutral. Mm. It's exciting to see. I like it. But um, yeah, tips Eagles will Does. destroy them, I'd say. I also agree, Eagles. 
Good point though, Tice. How often do you look at the tips and kind of weigh in the ground? Where, yeah. Where now it just doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, this really sets the tippers apart. Uh, who we got? We have got Melbourne and Gold Coast Giants Stadium. Is that correct, ladies and gentlemen? That is correct. That is, that is correct. I'm glad I've got my radar on. Well, there, I think Gold Coast. I, I mean, I wanted to go Melbourne, and, but as Shorty alluded to earlier, you, you have in your mind that they're a better side than they are, but they've been... Uh, They've been no good for 18 months, so and I like what Gold Coast have done, and they've been consistent and tough and play for the jumper, so, yeah. Yeah, and, and from the other angle, I sort of look at Gold Coast, and you are programmed to almost expect them to throw in a poor one, but I, having watched them, I do think they were a pretty quality yeah. side. Was, I had a look at it against McCats, and it was yeah. probably first stage I'd seen them play four quarters, so... Um, I'm going to tip the Suns. Awesome. Pretty impressive, yeah. Very good. Yeah, the <clears throat> Gold Coast for me as well. Gold Coast sky will be shining. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Without Matthew Rowe, boys, we're, we're happy oh, with well, that. I was about to say that. So, but, geez, oh, oh, oh well. <laughs> yeah, I tip Suns. It'll be interesting to see what they do without Matthew Rowe, but Tyson just interrupted, so whatever. <laughs> no, no, ge- genuinely, he's been their best player, so it'll be interesting to see um, what happens without, you know, he's been all of their energy and excitement this year not all of it sorry I shouldn't say that because they have been quite good Ben King's been good but yeah against a rubbish Melbourne outfit go go Gold Coast yeah insightful thought there Tice really interesting (laughs) (laughs) sorry Lang sorry buddy Um, to to Gold Coast credit though they were good after Matthew Rowe was off as well yeah they they sure were so it would just be interesting to see we'll actually see over the course of a full game (laughs) (laughs) nice thought there Lang Essendon have North Melbourne and uh I don't even have the venue here, boys. What, what have we got? Do you need Google Maps? It's Metricon, Metricon Stadium, mate. Metricon, yep. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, and no, I think next time we'll ensure that, um, that we have that on board. Oh, it's really tough. Oh, this <laughs> game is one of the toughest of the rounds. Always tough to pick. Essendon won the last few against North. and um, But I think it's North have to shine. No Jake Stringer for the Bombers will be huge. So that's a big sense of their, their goal source. And I reckon when he's up and about, that really sort of determines how the Bombers are going. But yeah, I'm, I'm going north in almost an upset, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I definitely wow. think it would be an upset, because like I've said, I reckon north have been really disappointing. Really pox. Yes, whatever that means. <laughs> and I think the Bombers are finally identifying a brand. After yes. After sort of playing... Pressure, fast pace. Yeah, so I'm going to tip the Bombers. Yeah, I'll just go to the Bombers as well, boys. I think it's really interesting. You've, you've been seeing... It, like, at the beginning of the season, there was a lot of questions over, like, the coaching seemed a bit interesting because everyone's like, is Ben Rutten, like, coaching them right now? Or is yeah. Woosha doing it all? <laughs> on but the now they're actually looking... They're looking like they're a unit and a good unit at that. Also, Bombers, how have we still got three games to tip? Have we just not tipped ten games? Yeah, we still got three games. Cow, What's right? going on? <laughs> This one's also at Metricon Stadium too. So oh, I want to see it. Okay. Port Adelaide the WS Giants. The DWS Giants. Oh my god! What is actually happening here? Port Adelaide have Jet OS at Metricon Stadium. I'm going the Giants, and they have really found their mojo once again. Port Adelaide obviously haven't had too many tests. And they obviously had Brisbane. I think Giants will be the next one, and they'll be very tough to beat with their orange tsunami and pressure. Yeah, I Giants. tend to agree. I just have a little bit more trust in the Giants. 
Yeah, I'm uh, back in the Giants as well. Yeah. Port Adelaide will win yes. this game. You have to. Redemption. Have to. <laughs> Is this an emotional Back him in. Power bite back. <laughs> <laughs> Port Adelaide will win this game. That's my tip. I love it. Richmond and Sydney at the Gabba, this game is so tough to pick because Richmond have about 75 players that aren't playing this weekend, so they've obviously... Let, let's go through the outs, guys, on, on either hand with this one. So we've got Cochin's out. Cochin, Nankervis, Tom Lynch is on a flight as we speak Prest- after a broken hand surgery. Prestia Prestia. Prestia. is out. Basher Hawley is out. Shane Edwards is out. David Ashbury. David Asprey is still, is he, he's still is he out. out as well. He was out from yeah, last week. Yeah, he's out for like six weeks, isn't he? Ligament damage yeah, he, to his knee. Yes, yeah, so and arguably the biggest. And yeah. Dustin Martin's going to be on the Gold Coast, so oh, <laughs> oh, he'll make it to the game or not. D Martin out. D Martin late out. We just don't know where he is. We've just been missing one in because Richmond have been good at the Gabba in the past, especially against the Lions. Yeah, I don't even know how I can tip Richmond, but I will because of their game style. But, gee, Sydney... If, Sydney are just irrelevant. If, if they want to win a game, <laughs> this is it. But, yeah, Sydney, they would need their ruck stocks uh, back. Sort of back if they want Depends to on selection for me. I think if, if Sydney get a, a ruckman back, a decent ruckman, then they might have a chance. But, yeah, I don't Richmond know, for me. Think about yeah, Pike, I reckon. It's a... <laughs> <laughs> Mike Pike. It is... Oh, it's so risky to go against the Tigers, even... With all those outs, it's just the Swans are pretty inconsistent. If they get their game going, they, they can be quite a fast side, you know, move the ball pretty well, which is impressive. But I couldn't go against the Tigers. I, I would stand to really go south in the tips. So a bit of a just a safe, More cautious south. tip. It's very interesting because I thought I was just purely going against the grain with the Swans and then Tiz just went, but you tipped the Bombers last week so maybe I'm in line with that thinking <laughs> but yeah no I've gone for the Swans as well even mm-hmm. with before did I the say outs I that the happened did, who you? did you tip man I, I tipped Richmond sorry. oh you did tip okay yeah, well yeah, I am no, going against no, the grain you were just a crazy man no, <laughs> I could have sworn you were saying uh, I was just going through the outs and I said yeah the Tigers wow okay we'll go back I'll be the Lone Ranger on the Swans alright See how they you go. I, you want to I'm interested to see how they go. I reckon the Swans can do it. Even before the outs to Richmond, I still think they're a bit mm. uneasy of a side. Um, there's something going on with Dusty. I don't know what's going on with him. He's not. He's, he's, he's not, not the good. number one superstar. He's not the player he, should, he was. Yeah. He's not the player not he was right two years ago. Mm. Um, yeah, it's interesting to see. But Swans sounds good. I've already tipped Richmond. Richmond Tigers for mine. If I didn't um, put it through <laughs> earlier, so my apologies to the crowd. Carlton have the Western Bulldogs to round out the round at Metricon Stadium. I think the Bulldogs will bully the Blues. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, I think so. Um, still, Carlton showing some good signs, but they're still probably a bottom four club, so I think the Dogs... Sorry, Blues fans. There, <laughs> finding some top form, the Dogs are. I'll be going the Doggies as well. Carlton beat Bulldogs twice last year, Ooh. which is an did interesting they? stat. Yeah, they did. Okay. Yep, and Bulldogs lost to North as well twice, (laughs) and both times uh, Carlton and North beat Bulldogs. The second time was after their coach got sacked. Remember? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 still tipping Bulldogs, but I just thought that was an interesting fact. (laughs) If anything was to derail the (laughs) Bulldogs' uh, momentum this year, it would be this. Yeah, I I do like that angle from your length. You just go, you just give the you know the lesser likely tip, a bit of a pump up, and then you go. But Bulldogs always play. 
the teams when they're at their absolute lowest and lose. <laughs> <laughs> they lost to Gold Coast last year as well, Bulldogs. Crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the pre-season and yep. I think in the main season yeah. by the same margin or something <laughs> yeah. like that. So, crazy times. You also tipped the Bulldogs? You tipped Bulldogs, oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah I, mean, I, said, I said the bullies. Well, that's, that's correct, yeah. So, that pretty bullying. much rounds out the week, the pod for us. Yeah. Uh, it would be really interesting to see what the game looks like next week at some neutral venues for some clubs and hopefully we just adjust quite quickly because I think we've adjusted to everything pretty well so far this year with all the topsy-turviness. So, yeah. as always, if you are listening, please make sure or please try to leave a comment if you have anything constructive to add, if you have any tips or anything interesting to add about last week or this week's upcoming games. Thanks for joining me for this week, boys. No worries, mate. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. We'll, you'll hear from us next week. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you follow us on the socials so you don't miss any content. AFL Unlimited, because footy is limitless.